A reading from the Roman Martyrology for the ninth day of April. The Lord's Supper, when Christ Jesus, the day before he was crucified for our salvation, gave to his disciples the mysteries of his body and blood to be celebrated by them. In Judea, St. Mary Cleophas, whom St. John the Evangelist called the sister of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and said that she stood at her side beneath the cross of Jesus. At Antioch, St. Pacorus, who is one of the first seven deacons, renowned for faith and miracles, he received the crown of martyrdom. At Rome, the birthday of the holy martyrs Demetrius, Conchessus, Hilary, and their companions. At Caesarea in Cappadocia, St. Eupsychius, martyr, who was persecuted under Julian the Apostate for having overthrown the Temple of Fortune. At Sermio, seven holy virgins and martyrs, who purchased eternal life together at the price of their own blood. At Amida in Mesopotamia, St. Acacius, bishop, who even melted down and sold the sacred vessels in order to ransom captives. At Rouen, St. Hugh, bishop and confessor. In the city of Die in France, St. Marcellus, bishop, celebrated for miracles. At Mons in Hainau, Blessed Waltrude, renowned for holiness of life and miracles. At Rome, the transferring of the body of St. Monica, mother of the Bishop St. Augustine. It was brought from Ostia to Rome, under the sovereign pontiff Martin V, and buried with due honors in the church of St. Augustine, and in other places many other holy martyrs, confessors, and virgins. Thanks Thanks be be to God. This is the St. Peter and Volo podcast. I'm Father Nathan, and with me is Brother Joseph Brom and Father Robin Kwan of the Canons Regular of St. John Cantius. Uh, this is a special Holy Thursday podcast where we would like to focus on Holy Thursday and all of the mysteries of Holy Thursday. There are originally three Masses of Holy Thursday. Uh, so we'll talk about those and uh, different elements of the, the mystery of what happened and the liturgy, how that the, the mystery is expressed in the liturgy. So where do we begin? Yeah, well, like you mentioned, originally there were uh, three Masses on this day. Um, most people are familiar with the two that we still have the Chrism Mass, and then the Evening Mass of the Lord's Supper. Um, But originally, there was also uh, a Mass for the Reconciliation of Penitents that was celebrated Mm. by the bishop. Um, And so public sinners, those whose grave sins were known and uh, known to all, basically, um, on Ash Wednesday would be ceremonially expelled uh, from the church to do penance for 40 days of Lent, and then they'd be reconciled on Holy Thursday. So it was the idea that you know, uh, public sin, a public breaking of, of, of that relationship with the community and with God required a public act of, of repentance. Um, and so the, yeah, the penitents would do 40 days of penance, and then on Holy Thursday there'd be a special Mass, and the bishop um, would 
go to the doors of the church accompanied by deacons where the penitents would be waiting. Um, three times he would call out uh, venite, come, 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 mm -hmm. uh, beckoning the penitents with his hand as he did, and then they would kneel before him, and then he would say, arise. Um, then uh, they would be led by the hand into the church where everyone would kneel and pray the seven penitential psalms and the litany of saints. Um, no, not the litany of saints. Um, other versicles. Uh, and then he would, uh, the bishop would make the sign of the cross over the penitents saying, we absolve you by the authority of the blessed Peter, prince of the apostles, to whom was given by the Lord power to bind and loose. And insofar as any accusation falls upon you, and forgiveness thereof to us, may God Almighty be unto you life and salvation, and the merciful forgiver of all your sins. And they gave the usual blessing in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then Mass would begin. Wow, so so this Mass, this isn't part of either the extraordinary form or ordinary form. No, this was an, right now. an, an ancient practice. I guess the, uh, the so old... So what, what, what are we talking about? When did it begin to, and when did it end? That I'm not too sure of. Actually, the old, the 1962 uh, Pontificale Romanum, so the ceremonial book for, for a bishop, actually still had a right for reconciling uh, penitence in it, but it had fallen into disuse hmm. a very long time ago. I, I don't know the exact century even, actually. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. But so, yeah, so, but there was, the point is there, there, so this was a, there was a third mass for Holy Thursday. Now, mm -hmm. most people might not think of the Chrism Mass as a Holy Thursday mass because uh, very often it's on Tuesday. It's moved to Tuesday uh, in diocese uh, because all the priests of the diocese typically come together with a bishop and celebrate mass all together, uh, which uh, has that... Uh, uh, has the uh, an element of of a Holy Thursday in it, you know, with the uh, the apostles at the Last Supper with Christ. You know, the bishop has the fullness of the priesthood. He represents Christ uh, in the diocese, and all of the priests of the diocese work in union with him uh, and serve in union with him. So there is a tradition, a very good tradition, uh, to for all the priests to come together with the bishop um, but it's practically difficult uh, in the diocese because uh, priests are preparing holy thursday liturgy at their parishes and so very often it's moved to tuesday although it is properly holy thursday mass mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the the ideal of from the church and and uh, and that's you know to prepare for the catechumens, you know, for of course precede baptism and Easter vigils, that bless those oils, then and then. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's the, the tradition we have, and those so, two oils to be blessed, yeah. the oil of uh, the sick for the matter for the sacrament of anointing or extreme unction, and um, but uh, of course to take away the remnants of sin for the dying Christian. But uh, but it's you know, interesting that. Um, this was, I, I understand from my um, study from the history that that this oil used to be blessed on another day, not, not on Holy Thursday. Oh, wow. But uh, because 
um, they wanted to have the integral celebration of, of the blessing of all the three oils. They, uh, it was a blessing that was fixed on this, was now properly, now it's early Thursday, which now it <laughs> gets missed at Tuesday. But, and then, uh, but there was a uh, prayer that was for blessing of this oil. Um, and all, of course, all of them have an exorcism. Uh, but uh, this one was the least um, solemn of the three. Um, that's the that's the oil of the sick. Oil of the sick, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have, I would say, the most solemn was the sacred chrism, mm-hmm. uh, which um, of course even it's used for confirmation. Um, now it's anointing the hands of a newly ordained priest and consecrating a bishop. You um, say now was it not usually? I have in my uh, from my notes um, from studying from that it was actually the. Um, different oil but uh, i think oh, it, really? actually yeah yeah so i'll have to hmm. go back to why it was something else but it, but, uh, so, but now uh, it's the chrism yeah i always yeah. understood the um the chrism to be used in those sacraments which leave an indelible mark mm-hmm. right a mm-hmm. baptism mm-hmm. confirmation mm-hmm. and holy orders mm-hmm. the, and indelible mark so that the grace of the sacrament perdures through for eternity Right. Whereas the other sacraments are for this life, mm-hmm. um, to lead to get us to heaven. Right. Um, right. But uh, so the newly baptized infant, you know, of course, receives the position of, you know, cross of the head or forehead with with sacred chrism too. Although it's not technically uh, sacrament confirmation right. for, for them when the Western rite. But so it it seems like in just in that uh, baptism that it's sort of preparation for confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, because it right. is—I mean—it is the sign of right. the same action of of confirmation right. uh, in terms of the oil on the head marking that, the that, cross. That's, that's true, and it's completion in that, mm-hmm. that sacrament. Because yeah, they they're, they're, they correspond to each other, just as uh, they were. They're, of course, they originally went together, and um, but uh, um, but now in the Western right, we've you know kind of separated them. Over time, but yeah, mm-hmm. right, that's true. And then the consecration of bells, uh, dedication right. of the church. We use right. we use the, the chrism. And um, I have in my notes too with the, the regarding the you know sacrament. It's uh, olive oil mixed with balm. So you have the um, um, you know the uh, the balm, which that sweet perfume, that smell, mm-hmm. the, the sweet good odor of Christ. And then St. Francis of Sales talks about how it's like a humility as um, and meekness being represented in these two matter, uh, the heart of the matter, the balm sinking to the bottom, representing um, humility, and then all of those sinking, rising to the top, that uh, represents um, meekness, so how we relate both to God and to men. And so it's interesting uh, mm. that, that um, the symbolism even there, but too, but... Uh, so yeah, so that there's a very powerful and um, solemn blessing for that chrism in the originally he had it uh, with that and uh, I think so. I, so yeah. there's the oil of the sick, and, and then there's chrism, chrism and, and then, then there's the, oil of catechumens, and, the oil of catechumens, right? Right, and so it's not matter for a sacrament, but it's of apostolic tradition. It goes way back institution. Mm. So um, and we use it for this, of course ceremonies of baptism, anointing the breast and behind. The back and the shoulders, mm-hmm. and so yeah. So it's, it's uh, of course the idea of, of, of oil in general is a strengthening, right? To you know, strengthen us for spiritual battle, and 
and uh, and, and certainly this oil the catechumens too was you know in that kind of preparation because of their theme and really in the catechumenate of uh, of uh, the this conflict with satan and the conflict with evil and and you're being freed from that and um, gradually um, through those exorcisms that uh, that in the ancient church you would receive hmm. yeah. cool. so the mass uh the massive chrism uh, massive chrism mass yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's called the chrism mass not the oil mass but the chrism mass. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh, through the, at this so this is the bishop um the bishop blesses all the oil for the diocese so in the archdiocese of chicago and i'm sure other dioceses is the same uh there it's usually all it's all blessed and then poured into bottles and then sent to every parish. So every parish every year has oil from that they keep from that mass for the rest of the year for the use of the sacraments in that parish. Right. And this is also a great symbol of the, the unity of the diocese and how all the, all the priests act um, in union with the bishop. And so as another symbol of that, you know, at this mass, the oils are blessed, and then those oils blessed by the bishop are then used by the priests uh, throughout the entire year. No, that makes sense too. The unity of the priesthood and being the day of the institution of like priesthood, and, right? And that—that's, mm -hmm. I think, that's so great that uh, you know the, that symbolism there, right? right it's rather than just those mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and it is itself like because the Holy Thursday is the feast of the the institution of the priesthood and and the oil is used to consecrate right so there's always the the imagery of the oil running down upon the beard of Aaron the, the high priest and upon the robes and the you know and the oil of gladness you know the, that it's a sense of this consecration of the of the person and so then the priests are given these same oils to go out and to the whole church to to consecrate the churches, you know, the people. Uh, is that yeah that that sacrament that that physical thing, which confers grace, you know. I don't know. I don't know about you about you know going to the chrism mass in the past as a brother. I didn't uh, exactly have a profound experience necessarily you know and, and maybe the first couple that I went as a brother but as a priest I know it's it's been more of a I can experience more of the presence of the Holy Spirit there even even um, just being in the presence of all those other priests and and I, I don't know if you <laughs> you can you probably don't know that. what we're talking about because you're no just idea. a brother yep <laughs> just a priest. lowly brother <laughs> <laughs> it, it is you know it is you know the charity that we have <laughs> yeah, that right. you don't have right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay all kidding aside <laughs> and another you know aspect of the chrism mass is the renewal of the priestly promises that all the all the priests make in union with the the right. bishop it's another thing connecting to the this day as uh, commemorating this day as the establishment of the priesthood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. So there's the chrism mass. Um, anything else in the chrism mass? History. I mean, there's definitely a lot of history that we. Were, I mean, we had talked a little bit about. Um, yeah, in the um, so in the extraordinary form of the chrism mass, which happens in just a couple places in the world these mm -hmm. days originally um so there was no no concelebration 
generally speaking. Um, but there would be, around the bishop, there would be 12 priests wearing chasubles, um, you know, but not kind of celebrating, and then seven deacons and seven subdeacons attending to the, the bishop. And so this represented, of course, Christ with the 12 apostles, uh, represented by the 12 priests, and then the seven original deacons um, represented by seven new deacons or seven current mm -hmm. deacons and then seven subdeacons to uh, correspond to that and um yeah so it just kind of, of course now all the all the priests uh can celebrate with with the bishop um and so there's another symbol used of all the priests united with the the bishop in celebrating the sacrament together and we won't do this this year because obviously the prison mass has been postponed but mm -hmm. uh, but in, in the past you know in saint john Cantus, i know that you know, we'd have the salutation of each oil. So, Ave, Olium, Catacononorum, you know, and, and et cetera. And, so and the, the oils are brought to the parish, mm -hmm. and then they're, they're received at the parish, parish in a, in a right. liturgical Right, exactly. Way. That's awesome. That's right, that, that reverence, you know. That we, we, should, should, uh, we should do that at St. Peter's. Yeah, Coming absolutely. soon to a parish that's yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perhaps, you know, if we have, I mean, we have lots of time before the Christmas Mass, so right. maybe we could even do it this year. Yeah. yeah. We'll see, we'll see how things go. Yeah. If we have the, how, however things unfold. Right. Yeah, sure. So then... Speaking of Holy Thursday night, we you yes. know, usually have this ceremony during the the evening mass of the Lord's Supper. Oh, right. Um, and so, yeah. Well, it wouldn't happen this year <laughs> because we don't have the oil this year. Uh -huh. anyway, yeah. But yeah, you know, we'll, we can whenever we do get the oil, whenever the chrism mass happens, it'd be wonderful to um, officially receive the oils at some ceremony, mass, yeah. vespers, something, compline. Who knows? Something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Mass of the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. The um, one we're all familiar with yeah. for Holy, that we think of when we think of Holy Thursday. Right. Um, this takes place in the evening. It was um, one of the first, you know, before evening Masses were, were common, this was moved to the evening in 1955 to commemorate it being... Um, the the last supper being a passover meal which took place you know in the, in the evening and so we're replicating that we're we're commemorating that with our own evening mass of the, of the lord's supper yeah so the first thing that we notice here in in the mass of the lord's supper is we have not sung the gloria all lent uh except for a few solemnities uh so then when we do sing the gloria on holy thursday we ring the bells. So we have servers alternately singing, uh, ringing the bells one after another while the choir sings the Gloria. And it's this great, a great relief of the, of the, and it shows the joy of Holy Thursday. Um, and is really that sweet moment uh, with our Lord and the apostles in the upper room that, um, there's just such a great joy in, and the Eucharist being made present, and the priesthood being made present, is that there's the joy of this Mass. And, but then, after those bells, we don't hear them again mm -hmm. until Easter. Mm -hmm. There's no bells of the Sanctus or 
or the elevation or the elevation right. it's replaced with a clacker uh some sort of which is very harsh sound actually remember the first time i ever heard that was in mexico city and there was a lot of unfamiliar things for me uh, for holy week in mexico city uh this was before i joined the community i really didn't know much about the liturgy at all and i thought someone had just made up this tradition of <laughs> of a clacker you know i was like that is the weirdest thing it's it's very striking. Right now that I know what it is, it's even more powerful mm-hmm. uh, because it, you just see the 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 joy that is present there kind of comes to this halt as the the mystery of the passion begins to unfold, and it's just that stark contrast. Mm-hmm. And um, so that the, the bells being. You're not wrong. That's even the the church bells not striking on the hour and that sort of thing. And um, I remember reading, I think it was in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, a description of the cathedral there of Notre Dame in in Paris that at least at that time had 15 bells, 14 of them were metal, and one of them was a wooden bell to be rung uh, only during the, the triduum. And so they would still strike the hour, but it would be a wooden bell. I don't know how, how loud that would have been, how far uh, the sound would have carried. But that must have that must have been so, um, I don't know, so shocking to hear mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. As it, as it will be shocking to not hear the bells for us who hear the bells ring on the hour right. every day. Yeah. And a couple other interesting things. Um, in in the mass of the Lord's Supper, besides the big obvious ones, is that um, in the extraordinary form of the mass for the Agnus Dei and the Lamb of God, um, three times. So the last time, instead of singing Dona Nobis Pacem, that is um, the the invocation from the first two repetitions is is repeated a third time. So you don't say Grant us peace, because in the um, commentary that I read, there was no peace that night. Oh, wow. So the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Have, have mercy, mercy on us mm-hmm. three times instead three times. of uh, mm-hmm. grant us peace. Oh, wow. And then also the uh, the sign of peace was not given, the kiss of peace was not given on that night because the only kiss that was given on that night oh. had a completely different meaning. Right. The betrayal of mm-hmm. our Lord. Wow, that's that's beautiful. I love how in the liturgy, it's the smallest little traditions that are passed down, the little customs, express something of the mystery of that night of the Lord's, uh, you know, that that night with our Lord. Also, one and one third thing was, you know, the clacker that's used in place of the bells, and you know, it's very uh, obviously there's this, you know, the symbolism of the passion in general, the shadows of that, and and uh, am I. One thing I read was how it reminds us how the apostles fled from Jesus, their master, in the time of the Passion, which I think what you say is saying relates as well to the office tenebrae too. But uh, but anyway, it, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you can think of other uh, aspects of the Passion that you know, the, those clackers remind us of, and what you use on Good Friday as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, a uh, very prominent feature is the uh, is the mandatum, where our Lord washes the feet of the disciples. Mandatum is a commandment 
Brother Joseph, what is why is there a commandment? Why is it called the mandatum? The um, the refrains, the responsories that are sung during this this rite are uh, at least a couple of them start a new commandment I give to you: um, love one another. And so this is the, the washing of the feet is an example of Christ's you know servant servant love. Um, willing to do, you know, these menial kind of, uh, in a sense, demeaning tasks to to serve his his disciples, and that's a reminder for you know, for priests, but for all the Christian faithful of what uh, leadership, what's what service means is, you know, not doing things so that we can gain from them, but doing whatever is necessary to help to show love to our our, our fellow men mm-hmm. um, and women, and and to God. And that, yeah. it's that context of that Last Supper that Jesus girded himself as a servant, you know, put it on, you know, girded on a towel, putting water in a basin, and then he washes the feet, of his, which is the, that act of a slave, that act of a servant. And, um, one thing I, I was interesting, um, and just uh, with this too, not only it shows, you know, his humility, but um, there's something in relation to the, also to the, um, um, you know, the banquet and the Eucharist too, that, uh, that, um, it prepares disciples for the priesthood, you know, for that, that service and and the marriage banquet they'll offer. That's and there's an ultimate practice of foot washing in preparation for the marital embrace, um, mm. and in, in the ritual ablutions performed by the priest as well. So there's a kind of linkage with the priesthood and the uh, marriage banquet, and so it's like it's a symbolism oh. of that and of the, of the Eucharist and what it's what it means for us is the Lamb's Supper, but also the marriage, you know, wedding banquet of the Lamb of God and, you know, with his people and who he's wedded to. Which I think is really beautiful too. Sure. Yeah, no, there's something, there's something so wonderful. So Jesus, I mean, it, it is that last, it's that last supper, but it, I mean, it's the place where the final statement of Christ's love before he goes to do what he has come to do. And he brings his, the apostles together, those who are closest to him, and it is this moment among, among friends. He says, I, I call you friends. Um, and he imparts to them this example of charity. And it's, I, it is hard to take. It's hard to receive. For Peter, he said, you will never wash me. You know, because he, he thought, well, no. Like he, he was thinking not as God does, but as men do. You know, as, but our Lord, uh, our Lord, wash said, unless I wash you, then uh, you can have no part with me. Mm-hmm. But that's for all of us to receive the love that God has for us, and that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's easy to give something, right? Because there's a, there's sort of there can be a putting myself into giving to others, but when I have to receive. There's a way in which I have to humble myself to receive what someone else uh, is giving me, mm-hmm. right? And that's the disposition, should be the disposition of the priesthood, right? Is I is receiving from what I've been given, mm-hmm. receiving from the Lord in order that I can give. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of our relationship with God is that, uh, receiving, receiving as a son, receiving as a daughter. Uh, from the Lord. Yeah, so we just summed up the three main mysteries of 
Mass of the evening of Holy Thursday of the Holy Priesthood, the Holy Eucharist, and the commandment of to love one another as Christ has loved us. And really, they're all interconnected. And that's like the unity we see there. Um, without uh, the priesthood, there's no Eucharist. And without um, charity, without love, there is neither of priesthood or the Eucharist. And so, I mean, you know, we're, they're, we're, they're all one of, you know, united in, in that, uh, the gift that Christ makes of himself to us mm-hmm. and, our, and our receptivity to that gift. Mm-hmm. And, and the response to that gift. Yeah. I love the, one other thing I just want to mention is the um, just it's it's such a beautiful um, text. I think just worth meditating on just the, in that you know the gospel and um, in having the Latin infinum delexit eos. He loved them to the end, and so we see this most of all in this mystery of Holy Thursday, uh, a last supper being uh, represented to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we. At, at the mass, after here we received communion, right, mm-hmm. and it, it is the it's the beautiful reception of communion um, because it is at the Last Supper. Um, then, after this, there is the stripping of the altar, right? Right. So after mass has ended and after the Blessed Sacrament has been moved to the uh, to the altar of repose, the main altar is, is stripped. Um, and th- so the altar represents Christ. And so when the altar is, is stripped bare, all the cloths, the, the candles, everything is taken off the altar. The tabernacle is empty, uh, represents Christ, you know, being, being sh- stripped of his garments before the crucifixion, everything being taken from him in a, in a worldly sense. Um, and then the a couple of cantors traditionally would sing Psalm 21 slash 22 during the stripping of the altar. And this is uh, the psalm that uh, Jesus quoted from, from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so, why are you so far from saving me? So far from my words of anguish. Oh my God, I call by day and you have, you do not answer. I call by night and I find no, no, no reprieve. And later it says, they tear holes in my hands and my feet. I can count every one of my bones. They stare at me at gloat and gloat. They divide my clothing among them. They cast lots for my robe. And so it's just so clearly, you know, this predicted the crucifixion so well. I mean, so perfectly, obviously because it was God who was the author who, of it. Who else could have ever said that? Right. I mean, that... Right. Yeah. And so when people often hear or, or read in Scripture, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It can be very troubling and very difficult to understand how can Jesus, who we believe is God, be saying this out? Can he say that God has forsaken him? But what he's doing is is quoting this this text, the Scripture that he would, he would have known and all the people around him would have known, but that same um, same psalm ends much better than it starts. As ends, and my soul shall live for him, my descendants serve him. They shall tell of the Lord to generations yet to come, declare his saving justice to peoples yet unborn. These are the things the Lord has done. And mm-hmm. so this psalm that starts in, in utter anguish and despondency 
results resolves into into joy and, and confidence and so the, the crucifixion this terrible scandal um, ends with the resurrection and so this is predicted this is foretold even in the word jesus's words from the cross mm-hmm. another tradition that you know we do is uh we you know put uh rose water on the, on the altar after which mm-hmm. um i kind of understand to be like you know that's, that's perfume that anoints christ you know uh, yeah. uh, in preparation for his burial and right. like, like i was thinking the monday of holy week the for the ordinary form the reading about you know the gospel of mary magdalene you know anointing his feet with costly perfume and right. you know, preparing so yeah and so and also the um the cloth from the altar right there's mm-hmm. a tradition that that cloth from the Last Supper was the cloth that was used to wrap our Lord in, in the tomb. Mm-hmm. So that that cloth is a is a burial shroud, mm-hmm. you know. And so that taking that up is preparing the the body of our Lord. Um, like so, the altar represents Christ, mm-hmm. and then anointing it with the rose oil and mm-hmm. uh, washing it and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that psalm is being sung, and then every and then it, everything becomes very stark in the decoration of the church. The the, the, the few flowers that are put on the altar are taken down, and um, yeah. It, but I think another and the way we can look at the um, stripping of the altar too is it's you know it's also being stripped bare to the insults of the passion, being ready, you know, preparing himself to be exposed to the next you know the evening and then and then the next day and mm-hmm. and that's um and gives that impression as he's entering the garden gethsemane courses that um through. so i think in a way that's another i think uh, a way we can see that too and and that he's preparing himself for this uh this the what as as the agony in the garden you know of course is the and so so profoundly painful and for him you know for christ as he enters there um, which of course that's related to the um the, the tradition of, of processing to the altar repose and, and the watch that takes place after right and that's the, that's the final element is the is being with our lord in the garden um and so we set up the altar of repose uh and people will spend uh spend that time um with our lord and that you know where and people will fall asleep, you know, mm-hmm. as the disciples did, uh, you know, and kind of falling asleep out of, uh, in their grief, um, not able to bear the weight of what our Lord is bearing uh, in his prayer when he when he looks to the cross or looks to taking on the sins of the world. When he says, you know, Lord, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And, and that, yeah, and so this, from there we enter into the passion. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we'll pick this up again tomorrow uh, for, uh, we'll, we'll go through uh, Good Friday. Thank you all for listening. Tune in to uh, St. John Cantius for a live stream of their, uh, the, uh, the services there. Uh, which I'm sure will be very beautiful. And let's unite ourselves with the mysteries of our Lord in these times.